see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop step. Off the line of scrimmage. Release off the line of scrimmage. Nick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. It's all the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, what's going on, people? It's another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 83. On this episode, we're just talking, you know, redraft strategy, trends that we're seeing in drafts right now, ADP mishaps, just a little bunch of little nuggets here and there, just to, you know, get you ready for, you know, drafts that could be coming this week, uh, going on to next week as we get ready for the season. So, Ike, how are you doing today, man? We're here. We're we're close. The the hustle is starting in the in in the redraft sector of, of fantasy for sure. Yeah, we 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 welcome. Uh, we're gonna unfortunately welcome in the casuals in with open arms because <laughs> uh, yeah, I've 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 been in a handful of drafts. We'll obviously touch on those um, here in a little bit, and I've noticed some very uh, interesting trends. And so, but no, I, I'm I'm excited. It's it's the the best time of the year. The next four months or so dedicated to football and football only so uh that that is you couldn't you couldn't ask for anything better could not ask for anything better saturday and sunday wife you already know what time it is man even though we got that little one she knows she know what time it is man there's there's gonna be a lot of football going on and don't mess with me too much yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, you you know the vibes you know the vibes she, she knows yeah she already know she know what it is all right so before we you know touch on some news and nuggets or whatnot, we did participate in the auction draft uh, this past weekend with some some other folks. I know you're already shaking your head because it did go a little long. Um, I'm not sure <laughs> how we could have made it even shorter than the four hours it took. But I know uh, for a lot of those people, it was their first time doing a best ball redraft, uh, redraft slash season long. You know, super flex league, so is a little different than you know your conventional, you know your standard sex one QB, two running back, two wide receiver, one tight end. You know your couple flex a tight uh, a defense and a kicker if you're really 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 standard uh, type of league. So, uh, what were your thoughts on you know you know how you came into it and then what you kind of saw from like even other people. Well, the the fact that it was super well, first off, it was too damn long, four and a half hours. <laughs> I'm I'm just glad that I didn't have anything else going on that day. Well, I did because I because I actually had a draft maybe 45 minutes later, so I didn't get yeah. a chance to breathe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, there was there was a lot of interesting you know willing and dealing going on during that draft. Uh, you know, obviously since it's super flex, you're gonna want to you know spend on quarterbacks. You don't necessarily have to, but it's good to have, you know, lock in those two guys um, that you wanted to. So for me, uh, I I went ahead and just spent on the two best quarterbacks uh, or two of the best quarterbacks in Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Um, went ahead and just got that out of the way. Man. So I could just, you know, fill in the rest of my roster uh, pretty admirably. And I did end up getting some pretty decent values with some other players. I got Deontay Johnson. I got Brandon Ayuk. I got um, uh, uh, Damian Pierce at running back, DeAndre Swift. Um, so there, there's, there's a couple of, uh, Chiga Conquo, a uh, tight end from the Titans. So that, there's, there are some players that I ended up getting, um, that I, that I was, uh, pretty, uh, pretty happy with. Um, and then I had to fill out the rest of my roster, uh, very, very cheaply. And so, well, we'll see how yeah. the rest of that, we're, we'll see how that depth, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll see, we'll see what that depth does for me. 
But yeah, your 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 strategy, at least my, at least for me, uh, knock out the quarterbacks early, and then fill in the rest of your roster with players that you like. Because um, the beauty of uh, auction drafts, it's 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 any it's every man for himself. It's hey, I want this player. Um, there's no BS. If if you're if you're about it, you're gonna bid on them. You're gonna get your guy right. Yep. So that's at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Yeah, um, it, I wanted to bring up that auction league. I mean, we had you know Ray G. He was in there. We had Justin Henry, an, uh, another uh, person that's a a, a fantasy football, you know, content creator that's doing a bunch of stuff. We also had uh, Chris with the Fantasy Life. He was in in that in that draft. Shout out Chris Maddie, Allen. Yeah, we had Maddie Kuon. That's uh, part of Player Profiler, and then we had some you know other people that you know we play fantasy with. Just you know, just have a good mix of people and. I wanted to bring those type of people together because I know a lot of people are not even, you know, exposed to, you know, auction drafting. So I, I just want to put it out there to, you know, like people that are listening to us, like auction is like, for me, in my opinion, is the best way to do a startup. Cause like you said, if there's a guy that you're really adamant about, all right, it's now put up or shut up time. How much money are you, get, are you about to put up on them to go get them? Um, and you feel like you build your roster exactly how you want it or how you see fit as the as the draft goes on. So um, is it an interesting exercise? Uh, this is a money league. This ain't for fun. So boys are really trying to win it. So it was uh, a challenging league for, you know, I know for everybody just in terms of the length, but, you know, the strategy behind all that, like that goes into dealing with the auction league. So it was I had a good time, you know, dealing with it, you know, doing it. and and seeing how how everything turned out and outside of the the mishap that i had i know you're also going to talk about oh yeah yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, let's i mean I, I guess we don't we don't have necessarily have to bury the lead here but i guess we're gonna have to uh yeah so there's with with with, with, with a lot of drafts there could be controversy and there's a lot of controversy in this draft um let's <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get to it so uh gene was on the it was gene was on the clock and he was bidding on a player you know and, uh he nominated Devonte smith and you know gene had i, I don't know he had like 335 dollars left or something like that Bro. and he max bid and then Bro. like that just that just uh Obviously, we let him have it. We let him have it because you know you're, you're you're asked out now. You have no money to do anything, and so uh, you know the, the chat was blowing up. It was like, oh my gosh, can't believe it just happened. Blah 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 blah. Um, and then Gene was like, oh my finger slipped. So since he's the commissioner, he gets to do call the shots and do what he wants. So he paused the, uh, he paused the draft. Stop! Stop! You gotta stop right. You gotta stop right there because the chat was like, I wasn't even. So if you were on, so we, me, I had a video uh, stream just in case anybody wanted to hop on. Chef, uh, one of the one of the league uh, owners was in there, and as soon as I fat fingered the enter, he heard me cussing up a storm like I didn't mean to do it. And at the same time, the chat in the, the chat is saying, "Oh, I know he did this on mistake, this and that. Hey, let's 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 help him out." And I was like, I didn't say nothing until they say, "Hey, pause the draft." So I paused it. And they had a good they had a good compromise, which I agreed with was you take the highest the highest player of that position, which was like one ninety two and then the lowest, which was I think it was fifty two and you just take the right. average the average the average ended up being a hundred and what thirty two dollars for Devontae yeah. Smith, which is still a hell of a lot of money for for him in my opinion, so I was like, 
All yeah, right, I think it. the I think his 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 price was like eighty five or something like that. Like yeah, you know, one of the projected prices that they had in there. Um, but after that, so once we <laughs> once we so once we reached that compromise, um, you know, we we wanted Gene to be you know asked out of you know a little bit more money, right? Yeah, okay, we, we 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 established okay, he he's gonna spend the hundred and thirty plus dollars on Devontae Smith. But somebody decides to bid on him and bail Eugene out. And I'm just like, you had one job. Bro, one, one job. Let him, let him have Devontae Smith. Let him have Devontae Smith so he can waste his money. Not, well, I mean, Devontae Smith is a really, really good player. But we're not, again, one job. You had one job. Let Gene take the L. Oh, I mean, well, Devontae Smith is a pretty good player. We're not slandering him by any means. But he spent significantly over his, I guess, projected price. Let him have it. But guess somebody decides to bid on him, decides to throw Eugene a bone and and then, and, and then just bail him out. And I'm just like, uh, come I'll on. it by $1. $1. $1. $1. Dollar. Just $1. It was like $132. And the guy bid $133. And I'm just like, wow. Like the whole chat was just, just roasting this dude. And I'm like, all right, man, we're, we're talking about this on the podcast. We are talking about this on the podcast because I, I just because I can't. I absolutely can't. I absolutely. Yeah. Can't. And then I end up getting Jalen Water for eleven dollars less. So, yeah, I, I, pre- I appreciate you for, for looking out for your boy, man, because I <sighs> definitely would have been asked out. Absolutely. My, uh, my roster would have been struggling. We, we should. We should have had to spend. Should have should have should have should have just, uh, man. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it's getting me worked up again. <laughs> yeah, but that goes into strategy. Like that's one of the things you got to do is game within the game, which is like if you see somebody bidding on a player, they keep bidding, just let them have it, man. They're yep. and you if you and if you compare that to how much money they have left, it could potentially lock them out. So it's just one of those things where some people just weren't reading the board as we would continue getting on, like where players were bidding on bidding on people where. They wouldn't have been. They would have been locked out for the rest of the draft until the very end, where you can only bid a dollar per player. Because in sleeper, there's a max bid and there's an amount of money that you have. The max bid meaning if you go at this number, then you're locked out until until you get to the very pretty much to the end where until you can scrap. bid a bounty player. Yeah, to the scratch where you bid on one dollar per player that you have left on your roster. Yeah, because you can't you can't spend more than what you can you can give. So yeah. It was a very fun exercise for sure. Yeah, so honestly, like, like it was, it was a blast. Like the draft was super fun. Um, yeah. It went, it went long, obviously it went a lot longer than I would, I would have liked, <laughs> but you know, you know, auctions are, auctions are pretty cool. Auctions are very fun. They, that that's, but that's the thing about them is just, they, they just take too damn long. You're going to have to basically devote your entire day to an auction. <laughs> draft. And I'm not trying to do that. Um, I, I would like to, I would like to ha- do more auction leagues, but um the the length of time that it takes it's just man it, it's it, it's it's taxing man it's taxing yeah or you get split it up in like a couple of days where you just spend two hours one day and spend two hours the next day or something it has I wouldn't to be even do that I, I, I you know yeah. you know I don't like slow drafts so I like to get yeah, my draft that's true I, I, I like to be in and out like I want to I want to start the draft draft my team and then just be done with it right you, but, you're right um, so you're right about that all right so let's go on and talk about the news first thing. Jerry Judy, you know, pulls a hamstring, did not go in short term IR, though. But, uh, you know, pulling a hammy before the season starts has never been a good thing for any player. Uh, usually when you have those those type of soft tissue injuries, they usually linger throughout the whole season. So um, 
within that, you see somebody like Marvin Mims, his ADP just starts skyrocketing uh, out of control. Uh, you see Cortland Sutton now going up, and they've been already hyping him up in terms of, you know, he's dropped weight. He's connecting with Russell Wilson. So what do you think about, you know, the Jerry Judy news, uh, you know, going into the season with him, you know, pulling a hammy? Um, I mean, hamstring injuries tend to linger um, throughout the season. And it's unfortunate because he was – he was set. He was teed up to smash. He was he was a guy that I was you know kind of looking at a little bit more as of late in best ball. Um, especially I was going to you know start targeting him in some of these uh, some of these traditional uh, redraft leagues. But I'm out, man. I, I can't do it. I, I can't do injured players. That's one of my one of one of my rules that I've kind of stuck by um, throughout my time playing fantasy football. It's like I can't I can't fool with injured players, man, because it's it's just going to be super frustrating. Uh, same, same, like similar, similar to him is uh, Terry McLaurin with the toe injury. He's mm-hmm. uncertain for week one as well. You know those toe injuries, turf toe injuries are are, are never anything to play with because that you know that that is you know one of the main sources of the wide receivers' explosiveness or pushing off and and planting and cutting and things like that. Um, that toe, like that, it, it's it's just it's just a bad proposition. So, um, but. Yeah, Marvin Mims and, and Carlin Sutton, and even um, to a lesser extent, Greg Dolchich. I know he's getting currently out snapped right now by uh, by by Adam Troutman, but there's there's tight ends in 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 in, in the past that don't play a significant role um, from a snap share standpoint, but they still get targets on the one, once they're on the field running routes. So I think when it's all said and done, he's probably going to be running more routes than um, than Adam Troutman. So I think. Greg Dolchers right now, since he's been pushed down so far, um, I think on underdog his ADP right now is around 168. So he's going like late, late in the double digit rounds towards the end of drafts. Before he was like the tight end 12, tight end 13, but now he's like way back there now. So, um, so guys like that are going to stand to benefit from this Jerry Judy news. Yep, yep, definitely. Uh, the next thing I wanted, I thought that was really interesting from these roster cuts was the pa- the the Patriots. You know, they pretty much. Trim down their whole running back room. They only got Zeke in and Stevenson to speak for. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> and they only have one quarterback on their roster. They got rid of, you know, the Bailey Zappi that was supposed to take Mac Jones' spot. So um, very interesting how that turned out. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, we were told that Ty Montgomery was just going to take work away from, from uh, Ramondre Stevenson on passing downs. We were told that he was being – hyped up in camp like all all summer long and he was just going to be he was going to play a significant role and we were told that actually the last two years but when was the last time ty montgomery recorded a an actual stat in an nfl game can't remember i, mm. I don't i don't know when, i don't know when that was right i mean do you know <laughs> no nah, I, I can't remember man he's so, always I mean, hurt when you, I mean, when you when you're looking for him yeah i mean i, I we, we were we were lied to in, in conclusion we were lied to so it's it's just Zeke and it's from Andre Stevenson and so this I mean again like oh, uh sorry to you right sorry to you JT he uh you know he he was looking for a trade we knew that the trade wasn't going to happen and we got some details about why it didn't happen that according to uh, uh, various reports you know the Colts were out there looking for you know fantasy football type deals where they went they went and, <laughs> They wanted Jalen Waddle plus for for an asset that they didn't deem as necessary to to you know give a long con- long time contract to. So I don't understand the logic behind it. Just say you didn't want to trade them in the first place. 
or they knew they weren't going to trade him, and they were just like, yeah, just sent JT on a fool's mission to to try to find something, knowing that they weren't going to accept anything. So, what do you think about that? And then I thought also it was interesting that the Packers were the other team trying to uh, trying to get his services. So, yeah, I mean, this is, um, I mean, JT. His ADP is going to be pushed down even further. Like I've, I've seen him fall like twenty five to thirty spots in, in drafts that I've done since this news is bro- broken. So he is he is free, you know completely free falling on the pup list. Going to miss the first four games, and so we, we the other running backs in that ro- on, on that roster uh, stand to benefit. But before we get to that, uh, I thought the Packers were definitely uh, per- definitely interesting. From the standpoint of you know they have they they have to you know a one two punch and um, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones I think this might be Aaron Jones's last year so this this probably speaks more more to him than AJ Dillon since AJ Dillon is younger and he's on his rookie contract and so um, I, I I would have been curious to see how that backfield would have been deployed or if one of those running backs would have been included in a trade for Jonathan Taylor um, because that that could have been a possibility right so. Um, you know, it, it it was interesting to see Green Bay, but I'm I'm sure that the Colts probably asked for either Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon, and Packers said no, or there was compensation that they wanted uh, from the Packers, and the Packers said no. So, um, like you said, fantasy football trades, you know, one of the it's basically like that one guy in the league that just that spams every league league member with useless trades, ridiculous trades, and they just keep hitting reject. Um, and they and they and they send them a message saying press accept. <laughs> <laughs> now look, I've done that, right? I mean, that's funny. I've I, I, I've done that before. That's you know, your signature. The, 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 the press accept thing. Um, that it, it's just it's just kind of funny to 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 to, to do. But at least the Colts, um, they we're, we're seeing we're seeing now more and more reports of them just just recklessly offering these 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 deals. And so yeah, I thought I thought, I thought Green Bay is pretty interesting. What do you think about in terms of how fantasy owners should handle you know this backfield the first four uh four weeks you know you got evan hall you got zach moss who's recovering from a broken arm not something that he has he has to do extensive you know rehabbing in terms of you know getting back on the field once it's healed you're good to go so i'm sure he's getting into his cardio you know to stay fit and then you got Deion jackson the you know special teamer slash backup running back how do you think fantasy owners should be dealing with this this backfield? Um, I mean, it, it's a it's an ambiguous backfield, and you know the general rule of thumb, like we've said in many shows before, is take the cheapest guy. But they're all going in the same range, and they're all pretty damn cheap. So, <laughs> um, I would probably rank them if I were to rank them. I would probably go Deion Jackson, Evan Hold, and Zach Moss, only because I say uh, the only reason I have Zach Moss last because. He's just a, bit, a, a between the tackles guy, and he's not really going to do much for you on passing downs. Deion Jackson, he's had a ten catch game before, so he's 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 explosive. Um, we've seen him have pretty good games, and then Evan Hall is a pretty good, uh, a pretty decent athlete. Um, fifth fifth round pick coming out of Northwestern, so he he he's got a little bit of uh, both. He's got a little bit of a uh, pass catching, and uh, he can run a little bit between the tackles. So I think his skill set is can can be. Um, gives him a slight advantage over Zach Moss. But I think Deion Jackson, for me, is the guy that I would target the most in this backfield. Yeah, if I'm in redraft, I'm not touching any of these guys, man. I just 
well, Wait, you know, waiver let, wire. I mean, yeah, you just, waiver you can, wire. You could pick him up as a free agent or something. Pick one of them up as a free agent. I picked up Deion Jackson in the league um, already. Um, just just a stash on my bench. He's like my he's like my my fourth or fifth or sixth running back. Or I can't remember how many running backs I have in that league, but I think I have like five running backs. He's like my fifth, fifth or sixth, and so he's like my last bench player. So just just to see how things pan out, he may be the starter. Um, and look, if he if he ends up having some pretty decent games out of the gate, then you you got you got a starting running back for you know for nothing. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if I want to use a, a a draft pick resource on any of these guys. Just I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, I just know Zach Moss is the the biggest back out of the three, so they might deploy him on first and second down and in the red zone area if. If so, be it. But uh, this backfield's a pass for me, man. Honestly, I, and I, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, you, I don't even want to deal with it. it. It it does on paper look pretty gross. It does look pretty <laughs> gross. <laughs> but but the Colts are fine with this, man. They they rather have this than JT. So. They're not. They're not. They're not competing this year. They they made that very very clear that they weren't yeah. going to compete this year. So, what's up, everybody? It's Ike from Off the Line Fantasy Football. I'm excited to announce that Destination Devi is partnering with Underdog Fantasy for the 2023 season. There's no better way to put your skills to the test against me and other top fantasy football analysts this offseason. But here's the best part. If you use promo code OTLFF when signing up, you'll get a 100% deposit match of up to $100. And if you deposit $10, you'll get access to strategize with us in the Destination Devi Discord. Now, why is this important? You get additional stats, additional tips, and much more to dominate your drafts. And plus, and you know, we got all the information. We got all of the EDU for you. So what are you waiting for? Head over to underdogfantasy.com, sign up, and let's make this season one for the books. So uh, with that being said, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and get to the meat of the show. Um, we're going to start talk some uh, general redraft strategy uh, versus best ball and versus keeper. Um, and then we're just going to, you know, go through some early draft trends we're seeing, um, some, you know, some ADP uh, mishaps between, you know, the the major platforms, Sleeper, ESPN, and Yahoo. And then we're going to close it out with like one guy or a couple of guys that we must leave with um, in every draft and uh, a couple of guys that we're avoiding at all costs. Um, but just in, just to start things off with the kind of like a general like redraft strategy, um, the first thing is that, you know, we're in a lot of home leagues with many of our people that we've either grown up with or we've been friends with for a long time. Um, you, you, you just got to know your league mates and you got to know their tendencies. Um, so you can you know, kind of exploit and take advantage of their, of their screw ups because they're going to screw up in drafts. They're going to reach for players. They're going to go after name, you know, guys that they're familiar with big name guys that aren't as productive as they used to be or guys that they drafted last year that they think they're, production is going to translate from year to year when their situation may have gotten worse or they may be coming off of an injury or there's a lot of different um, extenuating circumstances that can prevent them from re- you know, returning the same type of production um, that they did the previous year. So those are the, te- the type of people um, that you that you kind of have to you know take advantage of. And hopefully whenever your draft position is established, you're drafting around them because, you know, like. If there's a guy that's in your queue, that guy's not going to snatch him up, <laughs> right? <laughs> you, 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 pretty, you pretty much know 
um, that the guy that that guy's not going to get snatched up. Um, uh, and then just kind of another like kind of like a general uh, redraft like adage is like you're not going to really win your league um, in the draft, um, but you can you can basically lose it. Right. You can basically yep. lose it by just making a lot of bullshit selections. Um, so, you know, I guess the main focus is, is like just focus, um, you know, on. I don't know, guys that have you know a clear path towards, you know, uh, consistent fantasy production, a little upside. You can you can get some upside, but like um, you, you don't want to have those guys in your lineup that are going to be volatile from week to week. You can draft those guys in, in best ball. Um, for sure, because you know you have other players. Um, you don't necessarily have to set a you don't have to set a set a lineup um, week to week. You can just rely on you know your your other your, your other roster spots to make up that variance for you. But like you can definitely take shots on 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 some high variance guys, but you got to make sure they have consistent roles in their respective offenses. Yeah, I agree with that. So like just to piggyback off that, you don't want to waste roster spots on on players that could potentially be zeros week to week because that does nothing for you. So for yep. instance, like a player like Nicole Hartman is like a perfect example of somebody that's high variance. I want them on my best ball team, maybe, but I definitely don't want them on my redraft. I'm not draft I'm not drafting them. I'm probably not picking them on waiver starting them. Yeah, I'm not starting them nothing. I need you need a couple people to be hurt before you even think about you know, playing him. So what's the even, what's the point of even drafting him? What's the point of spending fab on a player as such? So you just got to be careful with those type of players um, when you're, you know, looking to fill out your starting lineups. You just don't want somebody that's so far high variance that, that you're just like sweating, you know, following their stats throughout the whole days. I mean, it's, it's thrilling, but at the same time, it ain't thrilling when you take an L because of that that spot that you you started and that's the biggest difference between best ball and, re, and redraft because you're you're trying to win against one player or one opponent every single week and players like mccall hardman while it's it's great to have you know those spike weeks but you don't know when they're going to come you don't know mm-hmm. when they're going to come so there could be one week where he has three for 111 and a touchdown and there's gonna be weeks where he has two for eight and then nothing right two catches for eight yards and nothing else after that and that that's not gonna that's not gonna win you anything <laughs> at all. So, um, you know, best ball throughout the course of a season is an accumulation of points, and then you know, redraft wins and losses, playoffs, and then you can make a run. So th- there's there's a couple differences there, and there's certain players that can you know definitely uh, help you um, get to a you know certain certain uh, portion. Yeah, uh, one thing that in terms of redraft compared to best ball for sure is, you know, drafting that quarterback early. I know the general tendency for redraft, at least for me, and generally speaking, is that you don't really draft the quarterback that early. I mean, the first, like, couple of rounds because you're you're potentially, you know, losing out on a potential elite running back or a wide receiver in that spot, and you can make up the quarterback difference, you know, later on in the draft because you only have to start one quarterback. So, why do I need to be pressed to, you know, draft Mahomes early second round when I can wait to the like the sixth round and get like Herbert or Trevor Lawrence who might not who is is not going to score as many points as Mahomes, but I mean if the difference is three points per game, then cool, I'll take that compared to if I if I miss out on like Pollard versus I don't know uh, 
uh, Madison, who who point difference between them two could be, you know, five to ten points. So you, I can make that up easier. You know, getting a quarterback that's that's potentially going to be a top twelve quarterback compared to somebody that's you know could be a top three running back compared to a guy that's just you know a middling you know mid RB two top of RB three potential. So I, I think that's one thing that people need to recognize in terms of, you know, drafting quarterbacks early. But I know there recently, I know you've you seen the, the the craze of potentially getting that quarterback because of the amount of scoring that those the top three quarterbacks had this past season, uh, those top three meaning Mahomes, Hurts, and Allen. I think they scored like five more points than, than like the next group of quarterbacks. So it could be a one one year thing, but yeah, I rather take I rather take my chance on you know waiting a little bit to get a quarterback. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna make that same point is that like this year more than any more than ever is like the year that you could probably get away with drafting one of those elite quarterbacks pretty early. Now, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. That's probably the that's probably the cutoff um, as to where like I would like that that would be like the last of the you know the top quarterbacks that I would draft early. Right. So mm-hmm. after that, um, you know, I'm, I'm focused on those uh, those middle round, uh, middle round running backs or you know, wide receiver values like like the rookie, like the rookies. The rookies are going a little bit later. So I'd focus on guys like that and later on. But this year, you know, you can if you're at the if you're at the two, three turn or if you're at the middle of the third round, like and if you and if you're on the clock and you have Jalen Hurts or Najee Harris at the top, who are you dra- who are you drafting? I'm drafting Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I'm drafting Jalen Hurts over Najee Harris. I'm drafting Jalen Hurts over Travis Etienne. You know, guys like that that are that are in that same range because Jalen Hurts is 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 a is a you know is a, is a cheat code. He's an alien quarterback, um, and the the Eagles are potentially going to be passing the ball a lot more this year. They're only 21st in pass attempts last year, and I think uh, I was I was listening to uh, one of the one of the underdog pods, and they mentioned the stat that uh, Jalen Hurts only completed 2.6. On, on average, only completed 2.6 uh, passes um, per game in the fourth quarter last year because you're just blowing teams the hell out. Mm-hmm. So that that that's probably going to regress. He's going to probably be asked to, to throw the ball a lot more, especially in fourth quarters. Um, and they were very, super productive. He had an MVP-type season in terms of his production. Um, A.J. Brown had over 1,400 yards. Devontae Smith had 95 catches. This is with them doing most of their damage in three quarters. There's just a lot of untapped potential there with Jalen Hurts because I think there's he could he could have a potential to 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 break fantasy. I know a lot of people talk about well this quarterback can be the QB one, this quarterback can be, can be the QB one. There's a lot of candidates that can, that can be the QB one, and Jalen Hurts is obviously one of them. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, I think this year more than ever is probably the year that you can get away with drafting the quarterback, the elite quarterback early. Yeah. It- I know for sure in keeper leagues, you could probably do it for sure. Just because in keeper leagues, there's going to be certain players taken at uh, certain values where it pushes up the board. So you can definitely get away with it in, in keeper leagues. Um, what else? What else is there a difference? Oh, in best ball, you can get you can kind of get away with, you know, you know, drafting the elite tight end early because of, you know, uh, they matter more in best ball than they do in in redraft leagues in terms of like the value like in redraft leagues you could you could just flat out just wait man like and you i guess you can go through the 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 carousel trying to decide between like dawson knox or you know conklin or Jawan johnson 
uh, in best ball, you don't even have to go through that. You just whoever performs the best, you know, starts. But if you get an elite tight end, you don't even have to worry about probably most weeks where you have you have one of these, you know, late round tight ends starting over your elite tight end. So there is an advantage there having an elite tight end. But generally speaking, I rather again, I rather wait on on tight end just because I, I don't lose out elite value on other positions. Yeah. Um, and you, you mentioned those three tight ends. Like I'm, I am like all over Juwan Johnson this year. Um, like I, I'm targeting him in most of my drafts because he's going to have, he's going to have a pretty good year um, catching passes from Derek Carr. And, you know, Derek Carr likes to throw to a tight end, athletic tight end. So um, if, if, if there was a, if there was a, if there was an opportunity for me to wait, that's one of the guys I'm waiting on. I'm waiting on Jawan Johnson. I'm waiting on guys like Greg Dolchich, uh, Sam Laporta for the Lions, who's going to be playing almost every snap. Luke Musgrave for the for the Packers, who's played 100% of the starter snaps in preseason. So there there's going to be guys, if you don't get one of those elite elite guys, I think this applies to both best ball and redraft. But um, if you're if – you're, but obviously the, the, the biggest difference there is you have to decide who to start. And so, and you're not going to draft multiple tight ends um, in, in a redraft league um, unless unless you're sure. So, at least in re, at least in redraft leagues, what I've seen so far is that people are are and, and this is kind of in general like what I've seen over the years is that people like to draft tight ends like pretty high mm-hmm. um, for the most part. I don't see many people waiting for tight ends because by the time the by the eighth round, most of the really really good tight ends or the, the top tight ends are are pretty much gone, and you're 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 looking at um, other positions, and then and then you're just taking shots on a couple of guys super late. And so in traditional leagues, you see tight end, you see a tight end run go really really high. Um, but in best ball, people either start, they go with the elite guys, and then they just wait. They wait and they start you know stockpiling tight ends or you know towards the end of the draft because hey, you just need one of those guys to just hit. You need one of those guys to hit, um, and you can you can withstand that variance that you know from from week to week um in best ball um with with those tight end with with those tight end positions you can draft three or four tight ends because i've seen um you know in in a lot of these large large field tournaments of thousands thousands of people there's a lot of there's a lot of uh a lot of those people who finish near the top have three maybe four tight ends on their roster because they just took shots at the end of at the end of their drafts on Mm -hmm. guys and so it, it it does vary, um, you know, quite a bit um, between uh, redraft and best ball. Yeah. Another thing that's, you know, prevalent in best ball that it's not necessarily necessary in redraft is stacking. Uh, stacking yeah. is important in best ball because the core, I mean, obviously the correlation between the quarterback and the pass catchers makes sense. And they get replaced if they didn't perform that week. And you're drafting multiple quarterbacks. You're drafting uh, a bunch of, wide receivers compared to redraft where they're locked in the spot. So you necessarily might not want to be locked in on, you know, three different, three different players on one offense on a given week, because if the quarterback is bad, then probably your wide receivers are bad and your week is fucked. Like you can't <laughs> do anything about it. <laughs> they can't be replaced by somebody on your bench that went off because you're playing redraft where you're locked into that position, that player. So for that week. Yeah. There's, there's just a lot of like, you know, correlation there. Um, and, and you know what, like, I know it's more, it's more prevalent um, 
stacking in best ball, but you can stack and redraft. Um, and I think we kind of touched on this last week is, you know, if you have the right stack, you got the right combination of players. Like um, last year was Mahomes and Kelsey. Um, in in, in yeah. years past, it was Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill. If you had that stack, you were golden more times than not. Now there's variance there because Tyreek Hill is a, he's a boomer bust player. Wasn't as consistent as, you know, but he still ended up having, you know, over, 80 catches and you know 1200 plus yards and, and double almost doubled it to touchdowns because he can just break fantasy in there in a given week um i think there was one year in 2020 where he had like 200 yards in a quarter so he he's yep. capable of doing stuff like that that was that that was that tampa bay game, tampa bay game. yeah tampa and, then, bay game. And, they, and then they went cover two the rest of the way and, and then that's when people were just like yeah we're not even gonna waste any time we're just gonna be cover too high so yeah so um you know Years past, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, they made a lot of uh, made a lot of noise, and so you can still you can still stack in redraft. You just have to be really really careful and not beholden your your strategy, you know, or or have your strategy uh, you know centered around that. Um, yeah, yes. When I'm when I'm saying stacking, mean like the quarterback in like two players. So like in redraft, yeah, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to be locked in to like you know Russell Wilson with Judy and Sutton in my starting lineup. Like yeah. I. If you did that last year, then you you already know. I don't even have to say you know you just you didn't win nothing. So yeah, you you were probably last place. Yeah, so just be careful. Like doing it with quarterback and a wide receiver, of course. Yeah, do it. Like that that's perfect. Hurts, but. Hurts and Devontae Smith, uh, Hurts and AJ Brown. Hell, you can go Derek Carr, Chris Olave. If you if you do a late round quarterback, you can go Derek Carr, Chris Olave. Yeah. Um, you know, Geno Smith, the DK Metcalf, the Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett. Like these are these are some guys, and obviously Mahomes Kelsey, that, that goes without saying. If you can do that, if you can pull that off, right? But um it, yeah, I think in redraft leagues you can pull that off. But um, but yeah, just uh, but again, just you, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. So mishaps and ADP that we've you know kind of been seeing between like Sleepy ESPN and Yahoo, the three major you know platforms that people used to to do redraft leagues. I know for me, you know, see I don't play on ESPN anymore. I all my leagues have moved to Sleeper for the most part, so that's a blessing, but congratulations. Like, but if you're on ESPN, like some of these discrepancies in terms of ADP between the two is like egregious, like you just take advantage of uh, your league mix, especially if they just don't really do too much education and they just rely on the ADP that that's given from that particular site. So I know the one thing that was like just blatant obvious to me or a couple of them was Deontay Johnson. Yeah, so I've seen on Sleeper that Deontay's going 81 overall compared to ESPN where ESPN they got him 57th overall. So basically towards the end of the 5th compared to you know almost the end of the 7th. So it's just a two round almost a two round difference between the two. So you said 81st yeah. overall mm-hmm. on Sleeper? Yikes. Yeah, and fit and then 57 on ESPN. So just, you know, looking at those type of things, you're just like, whoa, if, if somebody asleep at the wheel, you can, I don't, I don't need to wait to 81 to go get Deontay Johnson. I can get him in the sixth round, be comfortable and you still get the value. So it's always good that, you know, compare the two sides where you can take advantage of some play, players compared to other places. So uh, I, you got any, any discrepancies that you've noticed? Yeah, so on, on ESPN, like I'm seeing, uh, you know, Travis Etienne at a two three turn, Najee at round three. Um, those are those are like way too high for me. Um, 
and I think he's going a little bit. I think both of those guys were going a little bit later um, in uh, on 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 underdog. But yeah, like on on yeah, ESPNs. We we touched on 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 a handful of those last you know last week. I think Mike Williams is pretty egregious going twenty spots later. He's in the he's in like the sixties seventies range. Um, AJ Brown is a second round pick as opposed to being a first round pick. Like there 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 are opportunities that you can you can fully you can take fully full advantage of. Um, Drake London, I know he's not he's going twenty spots later on ESPN and Yahoo. Um, compared compared to uh compared to underdog, that's another that's another um opportunity. Um, I don't mm-hmm. I don't like him as much on sleeper. I'm sorry, I don't like him as much on underdog. But I like him a lot more on ESPN and Yahoo. Yes. Um, if if I'm going to draft, if if I'm drafting on any of those platforms, and so there, there there's a couple of things um, here and there that I'm seeing, and then I'll, over on sleeper, um, Calvin Ridley's going in the fourth round, but it most his his ADP is uh his ADP is around a two three turn on underdog. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's a more acceptable price for me. I know we've talked about Calvin Ridley, and I've said he's overvalued a wide receiver sixteen because his ADP was just moving re- like ridiculously high but i can i can i can definitely stomach that price at in the fourth round for sure for Calvin yes. Ridley, and that and that'll be that'll be a smash and then the rookie wide receivers i kind of touched on it a little bit earlier in the draft i'm sorry earlier in the show but jordan addison um zay flowers and 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 quentin johnston on sleeper they're going um all going past pick 85 so that's you know ninth round almost 10th round range and then on um, and then on yahoo it's even more egregious they're all going past pick 93. So uh, Jordan Addison, pick 93. Zay Flowers, um, 127th. Um, Quentin Johnston, 121st. And so, so that is that is a, that is another um, it, advantage for because they're all set to have at least from Zay Flowers, he can be you know he he can have a, a significant role in that Ravens offense because the other guys around him who I do like, I do like Rashad Bateman to stay healthy this year. I do like Odell Beckham, but their injury, their injury concerns, right? There's injury concerns there. And Zay Flowers has been electrifying so far in training camp and preseason. And he's going to be Lamar Jackson's uh, favorite target outside of Mark Andrews um, in 2023. So he, he's another guy that I'm going to be targeting um, pretty heavily um, for the most part. And it's funny, even on ESPN, those rookie wide receivers, out, all of them are going – after pick 100, except for Jackson Smith and Jigman, he's going at 98. Everybody else is 103, 116, 122nd, 125th. So you can get value on ESPN with some of these rookie wide receivers because I know a lot of people like like the new shiny toys, and a lot of them are in you no know, plus situations. So if you're on ESPN, go hunting um, a little earlier than the 80, what's showing on the ADP to go get them. For and sure. and then just, and then just last thing on on Yahoo, uh, I I know I have a I have a Yahoo draft this weekend, but uh, a couple of other things that um, that have been pointed out, um, you know the, the the wide receiver values in round two, you got Amon Ross A. Brown, you got AJ Brown, you got Garrett Wilson, all in the all in the mid mid to late teens, which is which is crazy and ridiculous to me. Um, you, you got Christian Watson at you know pick sixty three, um, Keenan Allen pick you know fifty one. Um, so there's going to be some other wide receiver values in, you know, between like rounds, you know, four, five, six, and seven that you're going to, you're going to look at and you're like, wow, you're going to see Mike Williams there. I think he's what round six or seven that there, uh, DJ Moore around five. 
So these are these are a lot of opportunities to 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 exploit <laughs> to exploit the market because these values are just all over the place. You can start with the you know a, a, stud, a stud running back and then just hammer receiver um, for the like next like three or four drafts, hammer rece- uh, picks and the hammer hammer receiver, or maybe get one of those elite quarterbacks that we can you know we can uh, kind of hitch our wagon to this year uh, more than any. But yeah, it, it's it is uh it's it's a crazy it's a crazy time uh for for these uh values especially since you know since we've done so like almost you know between us i think we've done over 275 drafts between yeah. us um so we've seen a lot of shit right we've seen a lot mm-hmm. of shit so we're we're pretty we're pretty we're pretty hip to a, a lot of these uh values um since we've been drafting what back in march april may june like when we first started drafting yeah so we've seen a lot yeah, and it's and it's funny. Like if you correlate this to betting, this is basically you're just you're just fine. You're middling. You're just middling. Like you go to one site and you see the value at sixty one. You go to another site and the value's at forty nine. So you know. So you can go to Yahoo where it's at sixty one. You're just like, all right, cool. Let me go. Let me go hunt this player here. I'm not gonna touch him at this site. So it's just it's 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 funny how how all this you know you you get numbers from different places and you can just start hunting. If you if you play on all these different sides, that is the 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 plus side of playing like on all these platforms is that you can you can go and hunt these particular players that you like. You can get them earlier here. You can wait later to get them here. So it's it's good to you know to have drafts on you know different platforms. Yep. All right. So before we end the show, we are you know, like we said at the beginning, we're here. We're in the middle of, or. Or we're about to start, you know, draft season for the people that are listening. They could be starting this weekend. They could be starting next week. What is one guy that you gotta leave the draft with, and what is one guy that you gotta that you're avoiding at all costs? I'll start with a guy that I want that I have to leave. I actually got two that I that I have to leave every almost every draft with. Uh, the first one, Deontay Johnson. Right, I think Deontay Johnson, his value is pretty much. Um, it, I guess it differs across every platform. Um, you, I, sleeper, he's 79th. That is that is a smash. George Pickens is going ahead of him, which I don't think George Pickens is is, is the highlight real guy. But Deontay Johnson has had a, at least 100. He's top seven in targets over the last three years, and he's going to pick 79, 80. That's absurd. Uh, that's that that's a guy that I need um, in my you know, on my teams after every after every draft. So. Um, Deontay Johnson is one, and then Rashad White. Rashad White, Tampa Bay Bucks running back. He's got the backfield to himself. Doesn't have any real competition um, to, you know, to, to, to doesn't have any real competition. He's playing, um, you know, and he has an elite snap share so far through the preseason with the starters. I think he's playing like over, I think he's with over ninety percent uh, or uh, of the snaps so far. Uh, he's 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 in almost in, almost in every snap. So um, Rashad White and Deontay Johnson, those are two guys. Um, that I must leave every single draft with, and then on, you know, and then conversely, um, guys that I, a couple of guys that I don't want any parts of, um, in drafts. I, I haven't I haven't thought about that one too, uh, too much. I've not thought about that one too much. There's not, I mean, there's there's guys that I that I that I'm avoiding on on underdog, but but in in redraft leagues, I'm a little bit more flexible because it's it's uh you know it's it's a week to week thing. Um, but right now, I would say one guy that I'm, I'm avoiding is Jonathan Taylor because of the situation that he's, you know, that that's going on right now. I I, I just can't deal with. Um, I, I can't. I'm not going to be able to like 
live with myself if I spend like a, a high a premium draft capital on a guy that you don't know who, when he's going to suit up, right? You don't know when he's going to suit up. And then Chris Ballard also said today that he still has pain from his ankle, from his off-season surgery that happened. I don't know how I don't know how long ago that surgery was, but for for Jonathan Taylor to still say he's having pain is very concerning, and it's basically September, and so that's that's a that's a that's a concern. That's a red flag. And then another guy is probably um, we've mentioned from the outset is Terry McLaurin. I like Terry McLaurin a lot, but that toe that toe injury, I'm just I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do. it. I'll let somebody else draft him. I'll let somebody else take take that uh take that chance and 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 take that headache. Yeah, man. Um, I, like I had Deontay marked, and I was like, no, I have a couple other people, but I've been like, I want Deontay this year. Just the positive correlation for touchdowns enough, and then him oh, over 130 targets, what three years in a row, four years in a row. So yeah, somebody that gets opportunity, I want them on my team. So for me. In terms of players, I got I gotta have, I have two, but the one for sure that I've been like attacking is James Cook. Just I just I, you got me in, and I'm like all the I'm like knee deep in, man. Like I understand <laughs> that I understand that the goal line situation could be a little hairy for him, but he's gonna be the pass catching back, uh, which is one of the two premium uh, you know touches that you want from your running back. He's probably gonna be the first and. You know, be the first and second down back, but he's probably going to be spelled. But for sure, he's going to be the one that's going to be primarily catching passes. So, and like uh, like we said in a previous show, that this Bills offense was was top ten in you know targets to the running back position. So, um, I I I want a lot of James Cook. So I I don't want to leave a draft without him. Uh, one player and another player that I, that I kind of kind of love and I don't want to leave a draft out of a draft with is uh is uh Jordan Addison man I know he's a rookie but I I that offense is is gonna be on the field a lot because their defense is gonna suck and you know you know Justin Jefferson is gonna get a lot of work but I I I'm full in on uh, Addison you know doing major damage and leading the the rookie wide receivers in receptions and not in receptions in yards this year so if I'm gonna if I'm gonna put my money in that which I have, then I, I need to be drafting him also. So I believe in his talent to you know. To, yeah, and, to, and the wide receiver do some work. And the wide receiver too last year in Minnesota ran the second most routes, which was Adam Thielen. And Adam Thielen, we know he's dusty now at this point. <laughs> so um, Minnesota, they're gonna be bad. They're gonna be passing the ball a lot. They're gonna be trailing a lot of negative game, game scripts. And so uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins and. Uh, Kirk Cousins and company, they're going to be they're going to be airing that joint out. So I think Jordan Addison is going to benefit as a rookie. And obviously, Justin Jefferson is, is awesome. and He's going to do his thing. But, yeah, um, Jordan Addison is definitely a good pick. Yeah. And the person I've been avoiding is Jerry Judy, man. Just I don't want to deal with a, a ham, hammy in, injury before you even start the season. Those things usually linger. And there's you no know, there's stats behind that 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 show that the downward in terms of production you know, going into the season and throughout the season, just having to deal with that injury. There's, I believe there's like a 20 something percent chance of them you know, re-aggravating the injury if you come into the season with the soft tissue injury. So I just don't want to, I don't want to deal with it, man, honestly. And it sucks because I'm a Jerry Judy guy, but I can't, I can't do it, man. Yeah. I can't. And, and b- b- before, before we end, just really quick, some, some early trends though, that I've, that I've seen. So I, I've done, I did like an ESPN draft last Sunday and then um, curiously, 
or not curious. Interestingly enough, the first round went, you know, there was six running backs that went in the first round. Because um, normally that's a wide receiver heavy uh, first round from what we've obviously we've seen, what we've been exposed to throughout the summer and throughout the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a six running backs. Um, obviously, Travis Kelsey went and then five wide receivers went. But in the second round, we, went, we saw nine wide receivers go. So we saw nine wide receivers go and then uh, and then three running backs. And so it looks like a lot of guys, they're getting in, they're getting their top receiver. I'm sorry, they're getting their top running back. And then they're going wide, and then they're going wide receiver in the second round, and then they're just kind of letting the draft kind of fall to them at least. Um, yeah. Uh, at least, at least, at least from from the from my my early or early vantage point, they're kind of letting the draft you know fall to them. And that's kind of what I did. Um, I, I went Tony Pollard first, and then I got Amon Ross St. Brown at seven uh, at fifteen. Mm. So, <laughs> and so that, that that's a pretty decent start to a draft, in, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, it, it just. It, it just kind of depends on 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 your on your league mates and and who's who's in the draft room with you. But it looks like tr- you know in traditional leagues you may see a mix of you know running backs and wide receivers um, in in round one. Um, but in round two, I, I fully expect to see a lot more wide receivers off the board. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like some some owners this year. I know in previous years where we've seen where. They wanted to you know make sure they had their running back rooms you know fixed within the first three rounds, but I feel like more people might start trying to do the whole hero RB where they get their stud and then they just fill out their wide receiver room and and then just see what happens after that. But we'll see. You know, like you said, we got I know we got a couple together. I think we got three together. Um, and then yeah, I we got have three drafts that we haven't we haven't done yet together. So yeah, and then I got a couple more uh, that I got to do. So it should be interesting to see how how that goes for sure but i'm excited and i'm excited about you know draft season it's here so it's here appreciate, it's here baby it is we appreciate everybody listening to us hopefully uh you're able to you know get some some nuggets here and there that you can apply to your drafts coming coming within coming with the next what week before the season starts can't believe the week the season starts next week bro yeah next thursday insane, man bro. it's here insane. insane it's here it's here man it's here so i'm excited Make sure y'all you know tap in with us. You can find us anywhere that you get your your podcast under Destination Debbie. As you can see, we got a lot of pods dropping almost every day of the week. You you can get some from us. So make sure you tap in with us. Follow us on Twitter, off the line FF. You can follow me on Twitter at Fantasy Genius. That's G E N E S. You can follow Ike at just underscore Ike09. I I got anything else? Do we got anything else before we get up out of here? No, I mean um, that'll be it. Um, be on the lookout this season uh, for for our, uh, for the for the waiver wire show hosted by myself. Um, you know, every single week, dropping every Tuesday morning, Tuesday Wednesday morning. We'll have to see what, where it is in the rotation, but um, that's that's one thing that you know that that we got going on. But we got plenty of pods, like Gene said, every single day we got something for y'all. So um, you know, keep it locked, stay tuned. It's gonna be a dope year. Yeah, man. So. Until next week, we'll holler at y'all. Y'all be safe. You know, attack those drafts uh, with 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 anger, and you know, get those players that you want at all costs. And you know, try, let's try to win these leagues, man. Yep. Peace out. Peace out.